Welcome to Old Eyes New Glasses, a podcast about relationships, family, and how emotional intelligence impacts our lives. My name is Avery Baker and my dad is Brian Baker. It's a family joke that he's got the old eyes and I've got the new glasses and that's how we got the name of our show. Together, we are the only father and son inspirational speaking duo on the circuit. This podcast is an extension of the messages we share with audiences we speak to, ranging from thousands of people at national conferences to high school gymnasiums with 1,200 students. Get ready to listen to some of the most dynamic, the most unique, and the most inspirational cross-generational conversations you've ever heard. What's up, everybody, and how's it going, Pops? Happy New Year. is it still okay? Is it acceptable to say Happy New Year? We're at the end of January now. Yeah, you know, you could say whatever you want to say, right? Happy New Year <laughs> could happen in in October if you wanted to. So, yeah, I think it's okay to say Happy New Year. All right, well, Happy New Year's to you. <laughs> happy New Year's. This is our first episode of 2022. It feels it still feels weird to even say that. Yeah, it does. I mean, it feels weird because we're almost uh, out of the first month. Uh, of right. 2022 and it seems to have gone back um gone by in the blink of an eye right. so it's kind of crazy well on the contrary to that point that you just made i've actually read an article recently about people um have this like it's a, it's a psychological thing about the month of january mm-hmm. people just feel like it's the longest month of the year because um, a lot of people take christmas and they perceive that as being the end of the year you know a lot of people just turn off and so then to go from Christmas, still have an extra week of December yeah. and then go through a 31 day month in January. People are just like, why does January feel so long? So, yeah, you know. that kind of that, that makes sense. I mean, I, I have never thought of it that way, but I can see how that makes sense. I know one of the things that uh, uh, that has really hit me to a new vibe this January then in January's past is a is a gift I got for Christmas from a friend of mine. It's a calendar, and I'm looking at it right now. And for the month of January, it just says "handle your shit." So, okay. <laughs> right, I have to turn and see what February says. But each month is a motivational message right. on not wasting time uh, during this 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 time, new year. Time is of the essence. Indeed, it really is. So. Absolutely. So cool. Well, uh, I'm excited for this this episode right now because um, we're going to be talking a little bit about some social and emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. and more specifically about um, the second pillar of social and emotional intelligence, and that is self-management. And I really think that this is an apropos conversation because, you know, we're we're talking about uh, turning over a new leaf into the new year, and we're talking about building better habits. Everybody has New Year's resolutions. I mean, I think even one of our resolutions is to be more consistent with this podcast and to try to produce some more regular episodes for people to enjoy. So so I think self-management plays a big role into everybody's success, into how, how well we're able to, uh, to handle all of life's challenges. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Inconsistency on the podcast is something that, you know, we've talked about and we're aiming for. Fortunately, there are some good things happening in other parts of our business and it's just kept us uh, on the grind. But... You know, I enjoy these times when we get an opportunity to sit down and just chop it up. And I do think self-management is a good way to start the year. There's so many things involved in in managing ourselves, whether it's, uh, you know, behaviors, behavioral Mm self-control, managing our stress, Mm -hmm. um, being more intentional. 
yes. about certain things um, mm. in your life. And, that, you know, that is something um, that that I really embraced when you and your brother were growing up in terms of my parenting style being very intentional, probably too intentional at times for you and him. But the point is, is that um, being more intentional in your goals, being more intentional in, in the things that you believe in and the things that are at your core values, I think that's important stuff. So, yeah, yeah let's just let's just uh, jump off into it. Yeah, man. well, to give everybody uh, a bit of a understanding, a better understanding of what we mean when we say self-management because that can really you know it can go a lot of different directions mm -hmm. for us uh, and taking this definition from uh, social and emotional intelligence self-management is about managing one's internal states managing one's internal impulses and their resources mm. so when we talk about self-management what are some of the competencies you started to touch on it a little bit you mentioned intentionality you mentioned uh, behavioral self-control we have integrity uh, achievement drive realistic optimism resilience personal agility stress management there's numerous i think there's 11 to be exact 11 competencies that make up our self-management but they really feed off of each other and when you mention intentionality well that that feeds off of our uh, management of our stress and our behavioral self-control and the ability to be optimistic allows us to be more resilient and it allows us to tap into our personal agility so self-management is is honestly my favorite pillar of social and emotional intelligence hmm. because it really it really does discusses and focuses on what the individual can do for themselves to give themselves to put themselves in the best possible position to succeed yeah i mean that that that's true and it makes sense right i i am a big believer in being able to control what you can't control and you know let go of the things that you can't control i'm a work in progress on that quite frankly but i've gotten better through time and you know managing yourself is something that you can control mm -hmm. right and um you know if we're going to talk about behavioral self-control for an example um the things that have triggered me in my life uh, in the past and still do now. I'm so um, conscious and aware of that these days. I can feel myself getting triggered like minutes before I get triggered. <laughs> and that's because I'm really focused in on trying to have better behavioral self-control and learning how to uh, respond more to things uh, in life rather than react mm. to things in life yeah. and i think you know you know i'm, I'm getting up in age a little bit <laughs> and i just think it is no, it's healthy you're, you're good man you're good <laughs> you're all right man when i go to the gym the next morning i'm like man <laughs> but the point is is that i just think that you know it's uh, it's important that we're able to um have the awareness around the things that set us off um, because that's not that's not what I want to do. As I'm as I'm you know with the runway I have ahead of me, I don't want to be triggered and set off and get negative and raise my blood pressure and all that kind of stuff. And so um, you know behavioral self control for me is 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 big for 2022 mm -hmm. uh, because I really want to carry it over from the progress I made in 2021. 
uh, when it comes to that. What about you? When you, when you talk about self-control, behavioral mm-hmm. self-control, mm-hmm. what are the things that um, that you feel are, are impactful for you in that area? Yeah, yeah. Well, let me give everybody a, a running definition of behavioral self-control so that they, they are aware of what we're talking about. It's about keeping disruptive emotions in check. So we're talking about controlling our impulses, right? We're talking about uh, managing our, like you said, our reactions. Yeah. Because sometimes it really gets hard to to respond versus react. Sometimes we are um, creatures of great emotions. And so when we Like get... when people cut me off in traffic. <laughs> exactly. Like that's something my entire life that I've struggled with. You know, the rudeness of someone just cutting me off in traffic and potentially causing an accident. Yeah. That's my that's that's one of my pet peeves. I'm sorry. Are you, I cut are, you, you off. are you the type of person to just lay it on the horn? Is that, is that you? No, no, I don't do that because <laughs> I'm well aware of the society that we live in these days. And that could lead to some stuff that, you know, I, I'm not trying to deal with in my life. So I don't do the laying on the horn thing. I. I more or less talk in the car very loud to myself, yeah. you know, when that happens. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I don't really say nice things, you know, <laughs> about the other driver. But that's something that in years past, you know, I've gotten a, a lot better at that. I just really, um, that's just a pet peeve of mine. That yeah. just really sets me off. It has set me off, at least yeah. in the past. But yeah. but anyway, you're a mellow dude. What is it exactly. that sets you off, well, man? You know, and I was going to say, unlike you, you know, <laughs> I I tend to be non-confrontational. Well, I'm not confrontational, uh, man. Just I just don't lay on horns and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. But, but yeah, I get you. Go ahead. No, and for me, it's always been... It, it's natural for me. It's been part of my kind of my DNA makeup. Mm-hmm. Is I've been one to be um, quieter in initial interactions, and I'm a lot more observant, and thus this leads me to be um, a little like reserved and mm-hmm. not just showing my emotions straight away. So in in some regard, in some regards, it's really beneficial for me. And in other regards, you know, I feel like. I could use a boost of emotional expression, yeah. but in regards to my behavioral self-control, um, it's really allowed me to be able to process things. Mm-hmm. I don't get pulled too far one way or yeah. another. Yeah. Um, I tend to be very kind of even killed, yeah, you, you know, and, and so, and I, and I'm very prideful in that. I, mm-hmm. I kind of have um, grown into uh, an appreciation for those that are able to keep their heads straight while there's chaos all around them. Yeah, I mean, and I, you know, I, I applaud you for that. It's something I really do uh, admire uh, in you mm-hmm. that you are able to just kind of stay pretty, pretty even. You know, you've heard me refer to you as having an old soul, yeah. and I, and I, and I, and I mean that because you know it's something that I aspire. Um, it's a, it's it's somewhere that I aspire uh, to get to because that just hasn't been my makeup. But you know, it, it it's it's mellowing out for me. It's getting better. You know, there's certain things that that set me off about you and you know you and I when we're doing stuff that we do together. When we have to fly, for example, and trying to get to the airport. I know earlier, uh, or I should say, I'm about to say earlier this year, that <laughs> last year, um, last August, we traveled to. Uh, we traveled to uh, Ohio to speak, and 
when we were on our way back uh, from Detroit, which is where we flew uh, out of coming back to California, we ended up getting to the airport, I think about two hours before the flight was (laughs) scheduled to leave. It was an early morning flight. And then the flight was delayed for like another hour, hour and a half. So I'm sure that you were loving being at the airport three hours, three and a half hours before the flight when you're comfortable getting there 10 minutes before the doors close to the plane. It doesn't affect you one way or the other. Me, I'm stressed (laughs) out over it. So I enjoy sitting at the airport for three, three and a half hours. But Mm -mm. yeah, it's it's behavioral self-control. It's those impulses, right? Even for things like... um, you know, snacks. Let's just be honest. You know, we're talking about New Year's resolutions and all that, trying to, you know, just get in shape or stay in shape or get better and all those kind of things. Like those impulses that, you know, you could get around um, you sitting down watching the football game. You could be good all week long. Yeah. And then the football game comes and you just look up and you're just going in. So it's really it's really a, a, an opportunity to really improve in a lot of areas. Well, you know, everybody needs a cheat day. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but a cheat weekend, like, you know, you got the, the playoffs, and the <laughs> Saturday, Sunday. Fortunately, the Super Bowl is almost here. There so you go. Then, you know, I can Those get are done, right. All right, turn off the basketball game. Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) Well, I think, well, and the other thing I wanted to say is you mentioned that the airport situation. For me, it's just a matter of I, if I don't have to spend more time in an airport, I would rather not spend time (laughs) in an airport. I don't know what it is. I love, I love traveling and I think airports are cool, but they don't really uh, stimulate me as far as the sea. And now you're not turned on by the $5 water and the. $3 $3 candy bar? Give me more. No, thank you. No, thank you. Absolutely not. Um, so, so yeah. But, you know, I think when it comes to our self-control, um, there's, we have to figure out ways in which we manage that, in which we're able to um, essentially, you know, combat the uh, instinct to lose it, quote unquote, lose mm-hmm. it. You know, everybody, everybody has that moment where they're just, they're just ready to lose it. Right. And so for me, it's lines waiting in lines. Mm. Like I, I just, something about waiting in lines mm. just irritates me to the core, like to the bone, especially when I'm waiting in a line to pay for something. Mm. Like if I'm waiting to give my money away, mm-hmm. like it better be something damn good. Mm. Like it, I, I can't stand the notion of me waiting to just give my money away. Well, what about amusement parks, right? Now, so now you paid to get into the amusement park. Right. So so how do you how do you handle that? We went to a, an amusement park recently. Right, right. Like last last December we were uh down speaking in Orlando mm-hmm. and so we ended the year on a high note with a great speaking engagement. And so we thought, you know what? We deserve to go to Disneyland for the day, for the <laughs> afternoon. And and you, that's a great question because I found I even made the comment to you. I found myself waiting to go on Hollywood Tower of Terror mm-hmm. and and not giving a crap about how long that line was <laughs> because I just knew at the end of this line, like I'm gonna have some tremendous fun. So okay. so yeah, to <laughs> amusement parks don't count. <laughs> Probably because I've already given my money away, and so I, I tell myself, "You better enjoy this while you're here." But, but yeah, like when it comes to our self-control, what are some tips that you can give people that help them 
uh, better manage their self control. You know, if somebody if somebody's listening to this right now and they're like, "Damn, like I could I could get better at that." I know that that's something yeah. that takes some some honesty and some self awareness. Yeah. So, which is the first pillar of social and emotional intelligence. So, good on you if you can recognize that you need help in this competency. Right. But what are some ways that that people uh, can improve their behavioral self control. Well, I'll give you one uh, specifically because yeah. it's something that um, I have found uh, to be helpful to me over the years. And I mentioned a few minutes ago being able to respond to things rather than react to things. And I think that, you know, when we think about reactions, right, that's just reflexive. Like that something happens and, you know, you're just like, you're just on it and you're ready to just you know, immediately go in. And I think sometimes we have to give ourselves a count Mm. where, you know, we give ourselves a minute or we give ourselves, you know, five minutes before we make a decision to, 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 to move forward. Give ourselves the opportunity to think, you know, to have some thought about, you know, what it is that how we're going to proceed and whatever it is that we're that we're dealing with. So again, I mean, it could be just like, let me just count to 30 before I say anything. Right. Or let me just count to 30 before I do anything. Right. And the, the, the way that this happened uh, for me, and, and this goes back to when you uh, were on the AAU basketball team that I coached for a number of years. I just remember after one tournament game where we won the game and one of the parents uh, on the team was not pleased by the amount of playing time that her son got. Mm. And um, she, after the game, you know, we're celebrating because we we moved to the right side of the bracket. So, you know, we were we still had a chance for the championship. And she came and just kind of laid into me a little bit uh, on her son not playing. And I reacted, you know, to that. Like, she just caught me off guard at the wrong time. She ruined my high, to be honest with you, from just winning that game. And and then I implemented after that a 24-hour rule mm. where, where I would not say anything to a parent or a parent would not say anything to me that had the possibility of going negative, you know, for 24 hours to give us both an opportunity to kind of chill and cool out and gather ourselves and be level-headed. And I, I that was, what, how many years ago? That's about 15 years ago now, right? Yeah. yeah, 15 years ago. And so I've always um, remembered that, and I've tried to incorporate that uh, as I've gone ahead. But I, I just think that giving ourselves time to respond to things versus reacting to things is, is really big when it comes uh, to behavioral self-control. That would be my recommendation. Yeah, yeah. And and to piggyback on that, I think time is is a great, you know, time heals everything. That's what they that's what people say. And so time is is um, a good tool to use. And I also think it sounds very simple. You, it's something you don't even think about to do, but focusing on your breath, focusing on breathing mm-hmm. and, and in in addition to taking time, mm-hmm. counting to 15 seconds and mm-hmm. taking like five you know big deep breaths in and then let it out and kind of exaggerate it if you're around if you're if you find yourself uh, in a place where you can be more by yourself really exaggerating the and just letting yourself like ease the tension ease that feeling of so getting this is, ready to this is all it. the or or organic <laughs> lifestyle that avery has adapted through the pandemic right where you know he and i and like i applaud you for that but i think you're spot on 
with that, to be able to just kind of, you know, feel your breath, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and hear your breath even, yes. right? Uh, it's a fantastic way to just um, become centered. Yeah, become yeah. centered and allow for other distractions to exit and allow for you to really become present in the moment. Like, if you think about it, when when you listen to yourself breathe, it can be very um, distracting. Mm-hmm. Like, it can create a lot of like, oh, wow, this is this is a new sensation or a new sound because you don't you don't you rarely ever pause and hear yourself breathe and so when you take when you when you use that as a distraction it kind of allows the rest of your body to ease off the gas pedal and allows the rest of your body to calm down a little bit yeah and and you know it's, it's interesting because i think that you know what we both just touched on regarding how we can work on our behavioral self control or the just a few steps that that you could take. I think that it goes hand in hand with managing our stress. Mm-hmm. Um, you said mm-hmm. all these competencies build off each other, and they do. And you know, Lord knows we're dealing in some stressful times right now, right? right? Confusing times, uh, stressful times. You know, uh, trying to just you know figure out from one day to the next, you know, what in the heck is going on for real around us, right? And so. You know, the, the stress management is so important. And again, for people that are getting a little older in the tooth like me, that is so very, very important that we, we're cognizant uh, and we recognize uh, the damage that stress can do. Physical damage, real Correct. physical damage to your body if we allow stress to, to take over. Yeah. I love the analogy that you use when we speak and you hold up a cup of water mm-hmm. and you make the analogy that if you held that cup of water for 10 seconds, it feels a lot different than if you held that cup of water for 10 minutes yeah. versus holding that cup of water for 10 hours. Yeah. And like that is what stress does to us. It weighs on us. Yeah. It feels a lot heavier the longer we let it uh, sit with the longer we hold on to it yeah. it feels a lot heavier and so uh, managing our stress and and our behavioral self-control you're right they do go hand in hand because it's like if we can let go of some of those things if we can let go of that emotion mm-hmm. to just lose it if we can let go of that then we can find ourselves dealing with a lot less stress and and just trying to find some internal peace you know yeah you know and it's interesting i mean i, I don't know you know how you are in your in your circle of peers and you know the, the the tribe you hang out with but how you know and you're, you're somebody in your mid-20s right how are you finding your peers dealing with stress at mm-hmm. this time if, if you could you know share what you've observed because again yeah. everybody's on an individual journey in this right. pandemic right right especially over the last couple of years i think for um it's it's there's so many different ways that I've heard and that I know of and that people, you know, uh, so many different methods on managing or dealing with stress and some are healthy. And to be quite honest, some are unhealthy. And, and I've uh, taken part in some unhealthy ways to manage stress, you know, like binging Netflix for 10, 10 hours and just eating junk food yeah. is not necessarily the best way to cope with just feeling a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, at some point, like at a certain point some people get there but um a lot of a lot of my friends i mentioned like breathing well for me a a big part of that is meditating Mm -hmm. and exploring mindfulness Mm -hmm. like what does that mean like how can that actually benefit me and i think the beautiful thing about 
uh, manage or mindfulness and meditating is that it's so relative to the individual and like what you get out of it is different than what the next person gets out of it mm -hmm. right like like you can sit there and meditate for one reason and your neighbor is sitting there and meditating for another reason let me give you an example for me like i live with attention deficit disorder so when I'm meditating and when I'm trying to center myself, that for me is so much about uh, being able to stay on track and stay focused in my thinking on a day-to-day -day basis rather than it is about me uh, dealing with anxiety and stress. Mm -hmm. But what I'm able to recognize that if I don't manage my thought and I allow my thoughts to just run haywire, everywhere and and there's no ability to put a stop gap and tell myself hey stay focused that in turn will create more stress for me that in turn will create more anxiety if i'm not able to manage myself in that way yeah so while i'm not necessarily meditating for stress and anxiety i realize that that could be a that can be a byproduct of me not sitting there and focusing or <laughs> focusing on focusing nice. but sitting there and working on focusing and the ability to stay on task and my uh concentration levels and yeah. trying to improve that so um so yeah i think that you know when we're talking about stress management you know, finding finding whatever tool works for you exercise that's huge for so many people like physical work yeah. exerting energy physically mm -hmm. is a great way to just relieve a lot of stress and and that's something that a lot of people uh a were figuring out during this pandemic but a lot of people were lacking that because their routines had been uh, stripped away from them because gyms weren't available at the yeah. same rate a lot of group exercise um group exercise classes and things like that mm -hmm. weren't happening at the same rate i know i used to go do yoga at the park on saturday mornings when it gets to the winter months and colder months they shift that inside well they haven't had that for the last couple of winters because yeah. because of this pandemic so so there's things like that that you know we've all been learning and adjusting on the fly but i think a couple of those ways you know starting with whatever whatever mindfulness looks like for you and and then you know get get your body flowing too get your body working and, and start getting those juices going i think people also though have to acknowledge um mm. stress and yeah. i think you have to acknowledge um you know what it feels like you you know mm -hmm. you may not know um uh, what 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 that uh that tightness in your in your body in your or chest, that, yeah. Yeah, that chest or the, the 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 heart racing a little bit more your, your your heart rate is elevated and so forth and so on you may just not understand that you're stressing right mm -hmm. um sitting in traffic right it's just a normal thing that we do in california you kind of get used <laughs> to that but it's stressful yeah and so i think that people have to acknowledge that stress does exist you yeah. can't pretend like Stress is for someone else. It's not for you because everybody is impacted by it. And unfortunately, we're seeing over the last couple of years in this pandemic, you know, young folks and old folks are being impacted by this uh, on insane levels. Mm -hmm. um, and people are just now, you know, understanding what stress actually is and what it looks like in their life. But you just have to you have to acknowledge it. You can't pretend like it's not a part of, you know, what's going on in 
you know, in your world. That's a whole that's that's a whole nother <laughs> we could have a whole podcast episode on 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 stuff like that and right. the importance of, you know, counseling and therapy and all oh, that. Yeah. We've talked about that in the past, yeah. but now more than ever I think that's appropriate. Definitely, definitely. So so let's move on to a couple of other competencies that make up our stress I mean our stress management, our self management. <laughs> um and, and you know, we just touched on stress management, behavioral self-control, how those feed off of each other. I think these next few competencies really build off of each other and they allow for each of us as individuals to um, go out and conquer the things that we set our minds to and just um, get better every single day. And so that is realistic optimism, resilience, and personal agility. So I'll give uh, everyone a definition of those three competencies, and then let's talk a little bit about how we see those playing off of each other. So starting with realistic optimism, um, that this is something I'm, I'm very prideful about. It is my own optimism, and the definition is expecting success. Like I'm just gonna leave it at that. Okay. Expecting success. Mm-hmm. I think that. That is a big, big barrier for a lot of people is the the ability to expect, some may say assume, I'm not going to say that, but expect to be successful at whatever it is they're doing or in the situation mm-hmm. that they're in. So we'll get to that. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But the definition for personal agility is uh, willingly, rapidly, and effectively anticipating and adapting to change. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll give that to everybody again. Willingly, rapidly, and effectively anticipating and adapting to change. And then the definition for resilience is perseverance and diligence in the face of setbacks. Yeah. So um, yeah, let's talk a little bit about all three of those and, and we can kind of take each one individually and then we can start to build the map on how they come together and how they relate to each other. But starting with realistic optimism, um, I can speak I can speak to this first because mm-hmm. uh, this is so important to me, uh, just in my ability to um, move day to day and my ability to get up and feel energized and feel like I'm ready to attack the day, to conquer the day. I'm ready to learn every learn something every single day. It starts with my optimism. And I gave you all that definition. It's about expecting success. Mm-hmm. And so for me, my, my optimism is like the only way I give myself a chance. Mm. Like, like at anything, it's the only way I will give myself a chance at, at being successful. The only way I give myself a chance at going out and, and accomplishing the things that I set my mind to, it starts first and foremost with my optimism. And, and I think I've, it's, it's a little innate, but it's a lot of learned. It's a lot of me learning over time that, you know, what's not getting me anywhere pessimism negativity negative thoughts me telling myself this ain't gonna work because that's not getting me anywhere i've Mm -hmm. never i've never gotten somewhere after thinking well damn like i i can't accomplish that and then i just look up and i'm like oh wow that worked even though i didn't think it like no like something you may be lucky and that may happen to you but more often than not you have to at least start by thinking okay i can do this like if you want to get an a on that test you got to start by thinking i can get an a on that test even though some classes you know you're not getting 
Let's be honest. We could be as realistic and as optimistic as we want to, but that A's not coming. But I feel you on that. And, you know, as I say often, that you're one of the most positive people that I know. And your optimism, yeah, you're right. It is just, it's a part of who you are. And again, I, you know, it's admirable and I applaud you for that. And being realistic about your optimism as you gave the definition to everybody. But understanding that like things may not always turn out the way that you envision them or the way that you 100% want them to. But at the end of the day, just understanding that everything's gonna be okay mm-hmm. and then everything's gonna be all right. And that's, that's really the realistic part of being uh, optimistic. You know everything's not gonna be, you know, um, kept 100 for you right the way you Life want is, things. is hard enough exactly <laughs> exactly but to, to be able to keep it pushing and to be able to um not wallow in disappointment but look at the glasses being half full as opposed to half empty uh and in some people's cases they think no water in the glass right? right and that's just how they choose to live their life and so um i do believe that the realistic optimism um is a huge part of the success that you've had at 26 years old. And and I, again, I applaud you for that. I think the other thing that is important when you mentioned um, being personally agile, Mm -hmm. uh, that is such a important thing that, that I think we've all really needed to have massive doses of during the last couple of years. Uh, for those people that have been able to um, lean into rapidly changing conditions, good for you. Mm-hmm. For the people that struggle with that, um, you know, it's hard because, you know, change is here. We, like People talk about, you know, think getting back to normal and the way things used to be. Like we have to come to the understanding that some stuff is never going to go back mm. to where it used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you got to lean in anyway because something else is going to uh, be there instead. Something else is going to take its place. And how you adapt to that Mm -hmm. is really going to be an important factor of how successful you're going to be or how happy you're going to be or how motivated you're going to be, whatever it is you want, you know, to use. Um, we have to we have to understand that change happens and that we have to be adaptable and we have to be agile to doing it. Since we're in football season, it's like getting up, you know, to the line of scrimmage. I'm looking at Patrick Mahomes last week. You get up to the line of scrimmage and the defense has uh, the play read. You got to audible. You got to call a different play at the line of scrimmage so you can keep it pushing and uh, matriculate the ball down the field. So, yeah. you know, the reality of it is, is that uh, change is here to stay and we have to be able to be agile in the face of that change. Yeah, I think it was Eric Thomas that said change is inevitable. Um, and when he was saying that, he, he, you know, he was just talking about the fact that everything changes. Mm-hmm. And, and we as individuals, if we are not in some shape or form changing, we're going to get left behind. You're talking about motivational speaker, Eric Thomas? That is exactly who oh. I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and so, um, yeah, I think personal agility uh, is what's well, been the name of the game, uh, as you were saying. 
and it it requires us to have um, a sense of like I think the ability to seek silver linings and ability to seek out opportunity you know like in business we talk about find the problem and then you know or find where the problem is Mm -hmm. and then address it with the solution Mm -hmm. and there you go like you have your product right Mm -hmm. there Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think you need to have that mindset in order to truly tap in to personal agility you need to be able to um, I think it's acceptance yeah you have to have acceptance to um, and a bit of curiosity and a bit of curiosity because you know you, you, you got to be curious about okay well what's to come with this change yeah. and then be able to really like like decipher that internally and then act on it well and you know it's it's very interesting because you know we're we're in a situation now where you know your grandmother is getting older and and you know the living independently is getting a little bit more challenging and mm. so now we're at that point where we're having conversations about next steps right like many people that are listening to to this podcast uh, will be dealing with or perhaps are dealing with right now with older relatives uh or friends and uh the reality of it is is that you you know you have to accept it we're trying to get her to understand that you know as difficult as it is you have to accept some of this change that's happening uh but you don't need to um fall off of a cliff Mm -hmm. you know because uh you know we got you but you you gotta just understand that uh you know things are going to be different and um yeah so that's a challenge that uh that that (laughs) i'm dealing with right now there you go well so let's talk a little bit about resilience and and i want to talk on how these three things play into each other i mentioned that for me optimism is like the starting point like you gotta have optimism in order to see yourself being successful in order to see yourself accomplishing things Mm -hmm. personal agility i think is the skill set to go out and and maneuver and go out and accomplish that those things Mm -hmm. resilience resilience for me is like it's like the fuel in your tank. It's like, what is it that is giving you that oomph to move you through whatever challenges are in your way, whatever obstacles are, are placed in your way, whatever life throws at you. We all have resilience. Some of us are better equipped to tap into that resilience. Some of us just know how to tap into that resilience a little bit better than others. But I, we, we all have resilience. We've all needed to be resilient some way, shape, or another mm-hmm. over the past couple of years to, to continue to progress and, and get through mm-hmm. some really challenging times. And so um, I guess, you know, for re- when it comes to resilience, and we've talked a lot about resilience on our podcast before, but uh, I think it's just, it's so powerful to, to get people to understand that um, resilience isn't just about bouncing back, mm-hmm. right? Like resilience is about bouncing forward, pass, passing whatever obstacle has got you stuck. Mm-hmm. passing whatever hurdle that you can't get over and resilience isn't just about like oh okay like i can get to that hurdle i can get to that height no get over 
get over the hurdle. Mm-hmm. It's not just about getting up to the height of the hurdle. Mm-hmm. You got to get over that hurdle in order for you to continue to pro- progress through life. And so um, what do you think about that when I say like optimism is the starting point agility is the skills to allow you to see where you can move but resilience is the fuel that pushes you through i mean yeah you know resilience is such a um it 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 it, it's such an important um component of living yeah Yeah. (laughs) you know and be you know, we are we're oftentimes everybody's journey's different. First of all, let's acknowledge that, right? You you mentioned that some people it's easier for them to tap into the resilience and, and other people not so much. And it all depends on like what's happened in your life, you know. Um uh, what what circumstances and situations have you found yourself in? Uh, but the reality of it is anyone who has been successful, um in, in any aspect of, of their life. Um, resilience usually does play a major role mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. uh, because you're gonna hit roadblocks, you're gonna hit mm-hmm. obstacles, um, you're gonna hit pain, mm-hmm. you're gonna hit loss, mm-hmm. you're gonna hit so many things along the way that you just have to pick yourself up and you gotta keep going. And as you said, it's not about bouncing back it's about bouncing forward yeah. and, and looking forward we can't get five minutes to go back right so we just got to keep going and moving forward but you know i agree it's such an important ingredient um to success and i don't just mean like business success or uh, monetary mm-hmm. success just success in life to to confidence confidence right exactly mm-hmm. to you know to wake up in the morning, as you said, and to just feel like, you know, I got this. I can do this, right? So much head trash every single day that, that you know, folks have um, telling themselves they're not worthy, telling themselves they can't do this, telling themselves they don't deserve that. And then that's when the resilience um, has, has to, to kick, kick in, in yeah. right? It has to kick in. And so some people... You know, it'll happen earlier for them. Right. Some people it may happen midway through the journey. Well, Some it, people it may happen in the latter parts of the journey. But the fact of the matter is, is that in what we do, we always try to encourage the audiences that we speak to to embrace um, the resilience that they have in them. And, you know, you just got to dig deep to find it. Right. And, and having having this discussion right now has me thinking, and this is for another podcast and another time, but are we able to become resilient if we haven't been knocked down? Mm. You know, like, are we able to tap into our resilience if we've never had to get back up onto our feet is that something that is you know is well, it completely I think, learned i think there i think there's some people depending on your lot in life mm-hmm. who feel like um who've never been knocked down before uh perhaps to do the circumstances that they were born into and then they feel like um you know being able to continue uh, forward uh, without necessarily 
falling down and having to pick yourself back up, they may feel like they're being resilient because perhaps they have the resources to overcome some obstacles, right? So to answer your question, like, yeah, there are some people, depending on your circumstances, that, you know, they think they're exhibiting resilience, uh, uh, but they haven't been knocked down. Now, those very same people, if it ever, it reminds me of the movie Trading Places. Okay. Where Dan Aykroyd, <laughs> right? Great. All yeah. of a sudden, you know, Winthorpe, you know, lost the the uh, the golden parachute and the silver spoon and all that. And I think that that's a great movie that uh, illustrates the yeah. fact that, you know, someone who's never had to really you know, put in work and then got stuff removed for them, right? You have somebody that comes along in your life that you've looked down upon forever and Eddie Murphy taught him resilience. You know, Eddie Murphy and Jamie Lee Curtis helped Dan Aykroyd in that movie understand like how you got to pick yourself back up and not feel sorry for yourself so you got to like that one man that yeah. just came off of the dome but that's just my love for uh you love the movies that's, you that's love the, the movie analogies man you love those so okay well let's move on then to like our last couple of competencies that we want to discuss today and that is intentionality and achievement drive and so when we talk about intentionality that is thinking and acting on purpose right so thinking and acting on purpose that's pretty straightforward intentionality achievement drive is striving to meet a standard of excellence and so uh, I, I love talking about intentionality because for me um, there was a moment over the last couple of years uh, and I want to say it was about halfway through 2021 and at that point we had been in this pandemic for at least a year going towards a year and a half and I was finally at the point when I needed to tell myself it's time to get intentional about the habits and and about your day-to-day and about everything that's going on right now because for so long I I was playing defense Mm -hmm defense and and life was playing offense this pandemic was playing offense like i was just responding to everything life was throwing my way and 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 all the news and everything and so it just got to this point where i just had to tell myself enough is enough like you're not just going to sit around and lounge around for 23 hours a day um and yes you're working but but even just like the habit of not getting outside for a day or a day and a half or two days. And I was like, dude, like what? That's not the type of person I am. You know that. Act like you in jail, man. You're like 23 hours in the cell and you get an hour for exercise. (laughs) That's what I was doing to myself though. That's why I was like, wow. Like there was no intentionality with my actions. I was just kind of like going and going, you know, too much with the flow. It wasn't Mm -hmm. enough of me saying, what am I trying to do today? What am I trying to accomplish today? So, uh, so yeah, like I, I had needed to become intentional about exercising more regularly. Mm. I needed to become intentional about what kind of health habits am I really going to have? Like, am I really going to uh, be that person that it's, it's a happy hour, five o'clock every single day of the week. Like uh-huh. we, we really enjoying ourselves that much. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a lot of things that I needed to, uh, start to 
start to regroup on Mm -hmm. and intentionality was one of the main things but when you hear intentionality Mm -hmm. like what give an example of something that you've noticed in yourself over the last year Mm -hmm. maybe two years since this pandemic has started that that you have found yourself needing to be more intentional about and this could be something that maybe previously earlier in your life you were more intentional about Mm -hmm. but maybe you kind of uh took your foot off the gas you became a little bit more lax over the early part of pandemic but you know you found yourself really needing to to tap back into this well for me you know one of the things that i have found that i've wanted to be intentional about is um just trying to be happy Mm. To, to, to be quite candid and it's something that's you know that's been on my mind ever since I left the corporate world mm-hmm. because when I was in the corporate world I found um, you know I found myself stressing quite a bit you know towards the end of my my um, my stint in the corporate world I mean I had some some pretty pressure packed um, jobs when I worked in corporate America and uh, one of the reasons that I just made the decision to leave that behind was because I wasn't happy. Mm. And so I've really tried to make an effort over the past couple of years to just um, keep in mind why I tried to make that switch and why I tried to make that change uh, in my life. And happiness was a big part of that. And so... Um, yeah, I I just think that that I think that that's important. It's, it, happiness is important for me. I think happiness really is and should be important for everybody. You know, we've had in-depth discussions you and I about <laughs> you know uh, money, yeah. right? And money and does money equate to happiness? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, the it's everlasting very, question. Yeah, right, right. But it's very interesting. I will say that when I first left corporate America and started doing my own thing, like I was immediately stressed, uh, you know, four or five months out because it was like, yo, this is different. Mm -hmm. Like I was used to a paycheck hitting my my account every two weeks, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, never missing. And here it is, you know, I'm grinding and what have you. And it wasn't until I took the focus off of um, making money uh, and became more intentional about just in embracing, feeling uh, happy, mm-hmm. that stuff started turning around from a business perspective, right? So it's 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 kind of like putting your, you know, putting emphasis on the right things, right? right? And right. so for for whatever is important to people in their life, uh, I think that that's where you 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 turn and you train your intentionality on. I mentioned very early on when I was a you know, when, when you guys were younger, uh, I was very intentional about my parenting, right? Mm. Like I was parenting with a purpose, yeah. right? It wasn't yeah. like, it wasn't like, oh, we're going to make this thing up as we go. Um, but it also wasn't like, you know, I have you and your brother's life laid out over the next 18 years for you. Yeah, yeah. You sound a little like King Richard right now. <laughs> Richard Williams, father of Serena and right. Venus Williams. Hey, you, you know had the what? plan. I wish I, sh- I, I should have put a tennis racket in your hand. <laughs> but the point is, is that, you know, and I encourage parents, you know, now when we speak to, to families and to parents, 
to be intentional in terms of your parenting, in terms of your engagement with your, your kids' education and making sure your kids are growing up to be happy uh, individuals. Um, be intentional about that. Like you want happy kids. I didn't want I didn't want two grumpy kids right. walking around the house. So point being is that, you know, intentionality for wherever you are in your life, I think that, that you should you should train your know, turn your your intentionality towards that. Yeah. But for me, for the past couple of years it really has been um about being happy and, yeah. and, and staying in that lane. I love intentionality because it encompasses kind of all of the other competencies that we were we've just been talking about like like what i mean by that is if you want to work on your behavioral self-control it takes intentionality Mm -hmm. in order to do that if you want to become more optimistic it takes intentionality if you want to become more resilient if you want to be more agile if you want to manage your stress better like you have to think purposefully about those things you have to think okay i'm going to reduce my stress today Mm -hmm. and i'm going to put a plan in place Mm -hmm. in order to reduce be intentional about boundaries yes about your boundaries and so so that's what i mean by like intentionality kind of like it's kind of like the thing that envelopes all of the stuff around our self-management but the next thing i'm going to talk about which is achievement drive i think it takes a greater level of intentionality mm-hmm. to see your achievement drive achievement drive excuse me uh, play out mm-hmm. you know i consider achievement drive having a sense of resolve mm-hmm. like the ability to put your mind to something and then go out and do it i think that that ability um it it should be revered even more than it may already be mm-hmm. revered because like that is that is a gift that is uh, the true beauty of, of having a brain and and the human experience is to be able to think a thought and then live out that thought mm-hmm. that's like following your dreams you know mm-hmm. like like we're talking about being able to do the things to live the life you cho- you you choose mm-hmm. to live when we're t- when when i think of uh, our achievement drive and when i think of what allows what sets what sets apart you know those highly successful individuals mm-hmm. from the rest of us mm-hmm. and when we talk about success it's not like like we said it's not just about monetary success it's not about success in business it's success in life it's success with the person with the relationship that you have with yourself yeah like if that's not successful none of the other stuff matters Mm -hmm. so we're talking about the holistic approach of what success can look like for people and so yeah achievement drive it is so big and i mean for me personally that's that's what continues to push me Mm -hmm. um and you know having started this business with you at the age of of 22 uh, and then just kind of riding it out ever since then I've learned the importance of being intentional and and tapping into my achievement drive like setting my mind up or setting my mind on something mm-hmm. and then doing the work in order to see that play out yeah and I think you know it's interesting and again this is a whole we could do a whole another podcast on um, generational perspectives on this mm-hmm because you know we, we we talk about we you and I have conversations about this and me you and Justin have conversations about this and it's really interesting from our generational perspectives on like the job market right now mm. like what's happening in the job market it's such a uh, 
a worker's job market. It's an employee job market right now because employers need to fill jobs. And so, you know, I, I talk a lot to you about like, what is the achievement drive of the younger generation mm. versus my generation, you know, baby boomer generation, where, you know, we were, we've been grinding since, you know, 15 yeah. years of age. That's not to say that the younger generation doesn't have um, this the an achievement drive. It's just kind of a different perspective on achievement drive. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think that you know, for a lot of people, um, and and as we just as I just mentioned, you know, success and achievement is relative to the individual, and I think a lot of people view achievement and success. And this is the, this is my generation, yeah. uh, the, my generational perspective here. It's like success and achievement in a lot of areas that I didn't have any say so over. Like I didn't have any say so over, uh, you know, the prowess of a CEO and like what that what that means, the the connotations that come with that, and and how successful that that. Uh, is perceived in society it's like oh wow like that's a that's a really high achiever mm -hmm. but i think a lot of people are looking at those norms those standards and kind of questioning that and as i said just a few minutes ago like when i talk about success i'm talking about like how's your relationship with the person in the mirror yeah like for me yeah. that is it is if i'm for me success is obtaining the most amount of self-confidence that i possibly can mm -hmm. because I've dealt with a lack of self-confidence. Mm -hmm. I've dealt with the head trash. I know how debilitating it is mm -hmm. to not believe in myself. Yeah. So for me, aside from whatever I decide to do for my career, mm -hmm. however much money I make a year, it's about, am I confident in who the person that I see every single day in that mirror? Yeah. Like, am I confident in that person? Yeah. That for me is ultimate success. Yeah. And so, you know- for, I think that's very healthy. I, yeah. I, mean, I think I think that's very healthy. You brought up the, the CEO and people making the assumption of how successful a person is, perhaps because, you know, their bank account, um, uh, says success, but the reality of it is, is it's like you know they could have a miserable a uh, home life, mm. right? Um, they could have kids that are just uh, you know going down the wrong path, right? Yeah. So you've been grinding, making that, making all that skrilla, yeah. uh, you know, and but perhaps you know to the neglect of things that that are more important or just as important, right? Um, if, 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 you know, however you view it. Um, I know when I was in corporate America, there was a time where I, I didn't want to um, take a couple of promotions that that um, were available to me because I knew it would take away, you know, the time that I had with, with you and your brother and your mom, the time that I had to, you know, coach basketball, which was something that I would right. really, really enjoyed, you know, for almost 10 years. And so... No, you're absolutely right. I, I, I think I think that's a healthy perspective on achievement drive and what does you know success mean. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I think a lot of people get lost in that yeah. uh, in the United States. Mm. Um, you know, when you when other countries around the world are vacationing for what six weeks out of the year, right. or, or knocking on what do you you paid been to, vacation? You, you've been to Spain. I've not been to Spain. What is the, <laughs> what is the people just kind of shut it down before? Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, just speak siesta. on that for a second. Take a siesta, my man. You know, relax. 
I, I don't know about you, but I naturally hit a wall in the afternoons. Yeah. Like, and from my my two to four o'clock every afternoon, I'm kind of like, man. That's why I, I can't ever get ahead. in touch with you, man. When yeah, I, exactly. That's I'm why calling, I'm like, I'm texting. I'm on my siesta, man. <laughs> you know? So I, I appreciate that and the ability to kind of take a break from from the hustle and bustle. But mm-hmm. hey, I've, been, I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. This um, is cool. This is good. As I mentioned, you know, self management is is my favorite pillar of social and emotional intelligence because it really is about how the individual can set themselves up how the individual can better themselves how the individual can manage themselves so Mm -hmm. uh thank you for for going deep with me on this it's been cool